Patriot power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. Zone 9000, the official zone of 1900hotdog.com, the last comedy website. Go to patreon.com slash 1900hotdog to learn more about how you can turn 10 cents a day into jokes and help rescue online hilarity. I'm the internet's Sean Baby from the World Wide Web, and I'm joined as always by the number one Robert, according to Bobby Reports Magazine, Robert Brockway. That was rigged. I rigged that one. (laughs) I got to admit to that now. Here's a Brockway fact. I was once escorted out of a zoo... For getting bullied too badly by the monkeys. No follow-up question. God damn it. It's too painful to relive. <laughs> well, joining us for this very 2000s era episode is an old friend of mine from way back in Web 1.0, the creator of BadCandy.com, Bad Candy Mark Mahoney. It's me. Nobody remembers who I am. That's absolutely not true. Uh, I just did an article about your wife's puzzles, which you know, because okay. it, it came out on your wedding day, and that was my present for you. That's true. So, you actually wrote that she was my wife in the article, so it was almost prophetic. Yeah, that's true. Well, I you hadn't remember. even met when he wrote that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the weird yeah. thing. It's like we got made. Yeah, we met and got married that day. I discovered someone had been keeping puzzles in my house. I <laughs> just found the puzzle collection. It's like this is the woman you were destined to marry. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to sound like I'm a bad friend, but I honestly thought you were husband and wife already because. You and I both had weddings planned during the pandemic and then delayed them and delayed them and delayed them. I thought thought he had to have locked it in by now, right? There was times where I thought maybe we had to and I'd just forgotten. I mean, it was like (laughs) two and a half years of just like endlessly. And we were going to try again this year with a big, you know, reception ceremony thing. And I was talking to my dad on the phone in like March and I realized he had just completely forgotten that we were going to do this in May because he was telling me about all these other May plans he had. And I'm like, you know what? Fucking never mind. Let's just go to the courthouse. And so that's what we did last week. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did too. We uh, rented out a summer camp. I guess both you guys know, but like just outside San Francisco, we rented uh, this gigantic summer camp. We had all these like fun games planned. We were going to, you know, have an Olympiad uh, and then the pandemic happened. And I, man, that's to go from. I still from... want to do that. I think yeah, we should I'm, still I have an Olympiad. Like, <laughs> just to do it. I, I know it's like. It's your wedding, and I'm really sorry that happened to you. And you guys were denied like this very special time in your lives because of just extreme, unbelievable, consistent idiocy over a period of years. But I think about that, and I'm like, man, I, w- I would have had so much fun at that. God, it would have been great. <laughs> Sometimes I just think about it, like, damn it, yeah, like, yeah. It was just my playtime, is is what that was. <laughs> uh. So, yes, I was doing an article about your wife's puzzles and someone in the comments was saying, uh, you know, in my head, the mark that he mentions is bad candy mark from Web 1.0. So people remember people on the internet have long memories. They remember serious Internet detectives. That's crazy. Actually, Mm -hmm. there there has been like maybe once every five years, including my last job. My boss found out that I was the guy who wrote that, you know, several decades ago. And he was, you know, weirdly impressed in a way that made me super embarrassed. Um, but it doesn't come up often. I'm no well, sure. That's, that's one of the best possible uh, impressions because there are others. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Could I, be worse. I definitely don't encourage anyone who doesn't know what it is to go look any of it up. The, the site no longer exists. Um, you there is some sort of a foreign candy-based thing. Like if you go to the old URL. Yeah, uh, somebody, got, somebody got the new URL, scraped all the content off archive.org. But if you, you notice they've been inserting, um, uh, like they, they insert uh, mentions of CBD oil. Okay. <laughs> and links out to where to purchase CBD oil, which seems like a really long con. But yeah, so the content is there as well with some bonus. I material. guess the reasoning is it does make the candy bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one likes the taste of weed. You don't eat those weed gummy bears because they're delicious. Yeah, no. They're, and they uh, do always. kind of artfully slip the mentions in in a way that's like, well, you did engage with the material that you stole. Uh, <laughs> or you've got to cool. respect the hustle a little you bit. Do, a little yeah. bit. Good for them. (laughs) Well, um, as listeners know, my dream show is Running Man. I want to one day turn on the TV and see death row prisoners being executed by duly appointed superheroes of the state. That's my dream. And sometimes here on the podcast, we document where and when we went wrong during human history uh, that derailed us from that perfect television program. And so this is what we're talking about today is one where they're definitely on the right track. They just fucked it all up. So uh, we're talking about Battle Dome, which was on the air from uh, like 1999 to 2001. They did 30 episodes of this. Uh, they were going for pro wrestling American Gladiators, uh, but they kind of just made like cranky Americo Glorbiars. Like it's just obvious <laughs> knockoff. Everyone's so fucking pissed off all the time. It's it's very lazy. Like uh, it it's like Bad Dash Candy today. <laughs> they take all the artistry out content of it. and they just added some mean-spirited capitalism to it yeah uh and it's, it's like added a little cbd oil into the mix <laughs> sprinkle it really kind of actually mellows things out it it's peak attitude era yes of the peak attitude era and like it's like they were watching the like i'm not a big wrestling guy but like i know you know you are and i i followed a little bit of it through that time and and it, it's like they took all the wrong lessons about what was happening in wrestling yes it was a weird era because uh it was hard for them to get a handle on who the good guys and bad guys would be like someone would come out and they would just declare themselves king psychopath and the audience would be like yes that's the good guy we like him now <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> he's the writers king. are like he is a king what? king is good psychopath <laughs> But that was like a personality trait you could have in 1999 was just, I am, I hate everything and everybody. Uh, and I only care about myself. And they're like, I, this guy's interesting. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was sort of like, like I've often described the early 2000s as the worst part of the 90s. Yeah. And the 90s that really were a very like self-involved, uh, kind of hostile to anyone who wasn't a white guy period of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I absolutely. completely agree. And, and the, Battle Dome is a shining example of that. It's, it's definitely deep, of that era. Yeah, it's a deep reflection of the era it was in. Um, but you're right. It, it's it's overly aggressive. And, and we started to talk about this before we started recording and, and stopped ourselves. But it's so like hostile to its own contestants that it sort of like forgets they even exist. Right. They're so secondary. Uh, they, you barely hear one, their names. Didn't, yeah, they're just like, here's a guy. Uh, the announcers sort of talk about them for two or three sentences, but like on a normal show, like American gladiators or basically any reality show, you kind of get a little bio of the guy, right? Like they're like, Hey, yeah. I'm a firefighter from Ohio. And you know, 
which they, they show added them around in the their second house. season. But in yeah, the there, first there season, was one of one of the episodes we watched had a few of those. But even so, I still wrote down every time just their color. They're just green or red. Like, <laughs> yeah. That is that is exactly what I did in my notes, too. I was like, I also dehumanize them. Yeah, they are there to be abused and yeah, at least in some cases, completely destroyed. I don't know if you've noticed. So I, I wound up tracking down the first season on DVD because you can't watch it on streaming. And I wound up getting a copy from the austin central library somehow right and i'm about halfway through it and i think in every single episode the contestants are at least half a foot shorter than all of the warriors on the show and they are at least 50 pounds they weigh at least 50 pounds less they have no chance no never and almost every contest is uh football related or wrestling related like something where size is 100 percent the most important trait and one of the warriors is Terry Crews. The yes. man was a linebacker. <laughs> yeah, an NFL trained, just just beast of a man. 270 pounds of like steely muscle. I've been hanging back a little bit to kind of get the temperature before trying this out. But uh, here goes. <laughs> okay. This fucking kicked ass. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like that's absolutely this is what you did. wanted from your American gladiators. This was like more I crankiness. Never, I don't have any idea why I'd never heard of this show, but I had the <laughs> best time okay. watching both of these episodes. It's the worst idea, and they just went for it. And like yes. nobody nobody involved at any point did anything related to safety. Like they have no. helmets and they don't have straps. So the second every single contest starts, the first thing that happens is 500 pounds of meat run into each other and helmets go flying everywhere. (laughs) And then they just bash each other's skulls into the ground. It's fucking incredible. Like you were saying, they almost got Running Man and then just like ruined everything. I think that this was just Running Man. Like I think think this is just, I mean, it's Running Man that happens in the 2000s when we were all shitty in Attitude Era, of course. But- but this was it. If you gave this two more seasons, somebody would have died. And then the, everybody would have looked around for like the reaction. Like, is it, is anybody going to gasp? Should we applaud? I Are they, <laughs> applaud? They, they, oh shit, they loved it. We're doing this. We're doing this. There is an event uh, that was not in the two episodes we watched. Um, it's called anti-gravity. And it's just like a bunch of fence handles, like nailed to a board. And then they take, yeah. they take some bungee cords and they stick them on the back of the guys and they pull them into the ceiling. So you have to hold yourself down on these fence handles. And I looked at that and I instantly was doing the math. I'm like, if you played on that with three friends for 10 minutes, one of them loses a finger or a foot. Like it's, it's just impossibly dangerous. Yeah, and 100%. sure enough, the second time we watched it, uh, the gladiator got their shoulder dislocated. Like it's, it's just... Crazy. They are specifically designed for injury. This is absolutely yeah. like if you had, I, I I am convinced that every single competitor in here, even though they told little sob stories about them, they were all criminals that did something to deserve this. Like that's the <laughs> only, the only way. way to watch the show is to at <laughs> yeah. least picture yeah. that. Yeah. At least you have to believe that. that these people deserved how they got creamed. Yes. I, the, the way I was introduced to the concept of this show is somebody just posted a clip of a Twitch stream of them watching this show on Twitter and it was the battle hoop um, was the competition one, which is like a big metal a spinning hoop on a hula hoop. crane arm. Yeah. yeah that's going yeah. around and the warrior's job is to prevent 
the competitor from jumping through the hoop and it's spinning pretty fast. But I didn't see any of that in this clip. All I saw was the giant warrior walk up behind the competitor who had turned his back to him and just for no reason hit him right in the back of his, his helmeted head, but hit him right in the back of the head. He goes flying face forward. And I don't know what, what point this was in season two, but it was before the one we watched because the thing had a lot less padding on it in this mm-hmm. clip. And he just hits his face directly on the casing of the motor that drives the thing around. Oh my God. And and then the, the clip ends. And I'm like, that man is maybe dead. Yeah, that's the moment where they, they all look around to the audience and they're like, okay, do we cheer or do we run? Uh, which the, yes. we're, we're ready for both. We have contingency plans for both. This, that I was, think, more than anything is what defines Battledome is that there's no agreement on um, the aggressiveness level. Right. And at any moment, this gigantic man might decide this is a fight to the death. And this yeah. fucking postman from Cincinnati is like, hey, I'm going to get out there and do my best. I'm going to run hard. And and then he just gets bashed in the head in a contest he had no idea was a fight to the death. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, because that's a valid strategy. There's no like fouls or anything. It's a valid yes. strategy to ignore the game completely and just kill the other man. Well, right. you don't even really in the first season tell you what the rules of any of the games are. You just kind of have to like figure it out. And you're almost surprised when someone scores points. You're like, oh, that's what they were trying to do. (laughs) Yes. um, I feel like we're going to get off track in a million directions. So I I think I want to take us through episode 104, season one, episode four. And then we'll sort of talk about it with that structure. Otherwise, I feel like um, we're just going to get lost in the- Was the the, Was that the one we downloaded or the one we found? That's the one Mark ripped from the okay. library yeah. DVD, which was also ripped. Uh, I was <laughs> Mark yeah. and I watched like four or five of those in one night, and then we looked at the DVD and we're like, "This is some homemade DVD." Like the, the yeah, library did like not s- get this from a. Yeah, I don't feel like Sony would manufacture. It was a weird. The menus were weird. It's very bare bones. I don't know yeah. what I have. Yeah, somebody taped that off TV. The library ended up with it. They sold it <laughs> to some guy. They sold it to Mark for eighty bucks. He yeah. spent eighty. It was bucks like fifty it. bucks. Then like <laughs> none of them were cheap. Like people knew what they had on their hands. Yeah, yeah, because this is illegal now. So <laughs> it's illegal to own this, and uh, you, you've got to factor that into the price. I read on Wikipedia that uh, you can find it on Amazon Prime, but I don't, I'm not sure that's true. You can find season two, I believe, okay. for, like, you can purchase the episodes for, like, three bucks a piece. Um, or, like, buy the whole season yeah. for some oh, So you can that. get season two, two bucks an episode, but season one is not available. So that one yeah. must be <laughs> because that's so many people got died. maimed. Yeah. Which is, which is, and it, it is, I'm glad I got season one because, it's like, as we'll get to, they really did actually make a couple of the, contests safer in season two yeah that's true for like reasons they, they work laughably safer but <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh they open it up and it's uh you know in a big stadium with just these gigantic american gladiator style events everywhere i think they have four or five uh each time they film something so most of the studio is taken up with that the crowd is really thin uh, I think what's notable about the crowd is they obviously have no fucking idea what's going on. Well, sparse. And yet they're all holding the crowd up is signs. Very sparse. Yeah, so it's just a few rows of of idle locals from the LA Staples Center area. Uh, is that where they, they they must film it there, right? It's, it's the uh, it, it's it's gone now. It was the um, Memorial Coliseum, okay? Memorial Sports Arena. That's what it was. So Memorial it's, it's... to all of the people that died filming the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so they all have signs for these different gladiators, despite, of course, not knowing who they are. There's yeah, no never been on TV. Know. Like, how are you going to have so, an opinion about these guys? So Hand it out, is, hold it up for the first time. King Psychopath. Oh, I, <laughs> okay, I, I love him. Pro. <laughs> I'm, I'm their biggest fan. I don't care. I got nothing to do during the day. Just uh, Anyway, so they announced that the winner of this just grueling, barbaric thing gets a championship ring and tonight's title. So there's not even a cash prize in season one. You get like a fucking high school class ring. Oh and that's true. I think they the said cash prize in the second season. No, that was the second one. You're right. That was the yeah, second yeah. one where they said they had a cash prize. And I'm going to jump ahead and say that cash prize uh, was a lie. Yeah, I bet it didn't happen. <laughs> no, no, it, it absolutely. It, in one of the like little mid mid roll ad break things, they say that that you get a uh, a chopper, a custom chopper from Jesse James as part of your one hundred thousand uh, dollar prize package. I didn't put that. I thought that and was those on things, top those of... shitty bikes that are like three thousand dollars of old broken parts put together by just Jesse the James drunk, and crew are worth on earth. nothing. But they charge like eighty thousand dollars. So it's this p- prize package Amazing. is that chopper. Plus, like a lifetime supply of pizza rolls or something. It's just—I bet eight grand of it is an exposure. They're like, "Well, you, we did put you on TV. That's worth something." Kid. <laughs> yeah, every there's an event charge for every single event to you know clean the blood off of, off. Like I cleaned your blood, sir. This is four thousand dollars. So they win nothing, and they're being cheered on by people who, I mean, if they're holding up a sign handed to them for a person they don't know, I mean that implies their lives are. Nothing but emptiness. Up until this point, they've just been waiting for someone to, anyone to hand them a sign and tell them who to cheer for. So this is a lot of sadness for the barbaric murder. Uh, The announcers are named Steve Albert, who's the most generic image of a sportscaster you could imagine. And Scott Farrell, who is, I think it's Stephen Colbert doing a bit. It's like if there was a Strangers with Candy episode where Chuck Knoblet got kicked in the head by a horse and woke up thinking he was a drive time DJ. This would be the first rehearsal. He is... uh, just he's in like a hot topic like nerd club shirt like one of those silk wolverine shirts and i I think he was dressed like a couch from the show martin (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty good Uh, and you know i i looked him up uh apparently he was like associated with howard stern for a little while Okay. He was doing stuff with Howard. I guess I guess he had like a real actual radio career kind of he, despite that voice he Yes. He he seems like he has that energy but not the talent. Like um yeah. I do want to I have a clip of him when Terry Crews comes out. Terry Crews is uh <laughs> he's playing like a rich guy which uh, team money. Th- he team money and I think that's strange because he's he's got the same job as the non-wealthy people. And they never like give his backstory of whether he like came into an inheritance or like sold <laughs> some sort of invention. He's just a bad guy because he likes money. You right. See. I, I guess he just. So anyway, here is. Uh, I, I hope how... this is the. I, I actually typed out a transcript of some of the stuff he said about. Okay. <laughs> there, 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 so I hope it's that. This, you absolutely this might be it. <laughs> Glasses, belts, pants. I mean, he's got it all. He's got people doing all of his dirty laundry. I mean, the posse does everything for him. Do they wash him off, too? Do they scrub him down? Do they, you know, dress, undress? Dress him, undress him? I mean, what is it with this guy? I can't even imagine what I'm seeing. Oh, okay. I see now. He's carved, counting money with his tongue. Tea money. <laughs> that is, 
But it's exactly the rotation. All right. So, uh, I, uh, yeah, needless like, to say, we had triple backup because I wrote that down too. <laughs> I only wanted like six times to get it word for word. Yeah. So weirdly does sexualized. Him? Does he undress him? <laughs> or do they tongue bath him like a cat? Like a mother Counting cat? Counting money with his tongue. He's carved. Counting money with his tongue. Tea money. Like it's almost poetic. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah. In its own way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if we're supposed to. I don't know if that's part of his character that he's like sexually lusting after Terry Crews. But he clearly is, whether yeah. he knows it or not. Well, I don't know if he looks at the broadcast later. He's like, oh, my God, I don't remember saying this. But uh, <laughs> I was just <laughs> so over. I saw Terry Crews for the first time. That's it, just what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so so the first event they do is called the Roller Cage of Fire. And it is like a giant tube. Not giant. It's about the size of one Terry Crews. And somehow you have to get past that Terry Crews while it's spinning. And there's two giant gaping holes. There's absolutely nowhere to go. Like they start off and you're, you were two feet away. They're two feet away. So they start off with in a rolling metal cage, like everyone within five seconds. And they faced you off against a linebacker who outweighs you by at least 60 pounds. Yes. By one Terry Crews. Who outweighs you by a full Terry Crews. I feel like the biggest contestant was 190. And Terry Crews, I think, is 270. Yeah. And uh, and just in terms of like football training and footwork training, there's there's no contest between him and just some asshole off the streets. Not to mention, you don't train for spinning tube at home. And Terry Crews has clearly done a few rehearsals inside the tube. So already... A guy with five minutes of spinning tube experience is vastly overpowered to a guy who's just, whoa, whoa, I've never done the whoa, okay. Then the boom, you're through a fucking hole. In American Gladiators, they get over this by like having it be asynchronous. Like you don't have to do the same thing as the gladiator. Right. You'll have to get past them briefly or do something and then so it's never like you just versus a gladiator. And in this one, it's just Terry. You you did not win unless you got Terry <laughs> yeah. Crews yeah. out you of already, the tube he was born in. The only way to the only way to win was to not get in the roller cage of fire to begin with. Yes. Right. Uh, the, the We say of fire, there's like a ring of fire, like way far outside where anyone would ever touch it. It's yes, the purely for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then no in season two, they took it away. Even, even that they're like, you know what? I, this either looks embarrassing or maybe it's just a touch of danger we don't need for the spectacle, but uh, they do lose that eventually. Uh, I had one more note about this. When you fall out of the tube, it's like a five to six foot drop. So a lot of guys, when they get squeezed out of the hole, they just kind of walk out. They walk off. They, like mm-hmm. there's no plummet. Like if you're watching Wipeout or uh, American Gladiators, basically any show like this, uh, and you lose, you fall like into the water or into some styrofoam. And here it's just kind of like, oh, I guess I'm done. It's just really awkward to me. I don't yeah, know. It is. I, I, this is. This was the first contest, like as I was taking notes and really thinking about the show for the first time, where I realized no one explains anything to you ever uh-huh. um, about the rules. And I, I watched the whole thing and I'm, I'm this, I'm fairly certain you cannot score unless like, even if you stay in the cage the whole time, you Correct. didn't score. Yeah, you yes, have to get points. Terry Crews. You have to get out, Terry Crews out of the cage. Of his favorite score, place right? in the world. Okay, I, was, <laughs> I actually was still kind of like. <laughs> See, I wrote down the rules uh, when they first they did explain them when they first start, and they oh, what they, they said oh, okay. was 
it's a burning hamster wheel and T-Money will throw the challengers out of the holes. <laughs> oh, speaking of, I have a clip. That is, that I, is it. Incomplete. <laughs> I labeled the, it's called T-Money Holes. Let's just listen to this. Oh, they butt heads. I love it. Oh, right against the side of the rail. Watch out for that hole, Scott. I think they got trust. Here comes the hole now. See, T's planning his strategy now. Waiting for the hole. Waiting, waiting. Holding, gripping. And then he's just going to finish. Here it comes as it rolls around. <laughs> oh, look. He's not going out without a fight, but he goes. It took a double pump to get him out. He kind of <laughs> forward, hung in there, and then got dumped. Uh, that guy just uh, is doing some wrestling with some things that are just now dawning on him, as we all must when first seeing Terry Crews. It's true. Yeah, he's, he's pretty fantastic. Uh, so the guy gets easily just squeezed through this hole. He had no chance and, and runs instantly up to the camera to talk about how Terry Crews got lucky. Just yeah. he's completely overpowered outmaneuvered and he's still talking shit and this is just how things were in the year 2000 every person doing any act of athleticism was a conor mcgregor just like the greatest of all time and if that wasn't true they would make it true in their imagination and it would come out their mouth <laughs> they were absolutely forced to do that though every competitor was like you have to be yeah. in your they were trained yeah. on how to be in the most faces and where exactly in that face to be and there and was some, one guy in some I think contestants be, were better than others too like yeah, some there of them was one were, guy. It's really embarrassing. The one in the second season, I think, the guy in red, who was so out of his depth, trash talking, and he just <laughs> he had no idea. And you could see people like silently poking him in the ribs off camera, and he'd just be like, uh, "I think he's a bad guy, and uh, I think maybe some people are disappointed in him." Uh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Well, the yeah. only note I wrote down about this first contestant was has no idea what's in store for his poor ankle about fifteen minutes from now. Yes. Oh, God. The stuntman uh, in Orlando and massage therapist? Yeah. <laughs> I th I think Wait, that's that, but that was, was him, right? Again, I they're think all so, yeah. just faceless and nameless meat to me. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me let me put it in terms we will all understand. White. <laughs> yes. yes. He's thank very you. white. Yes. <laughs> no, no. That's his color. And, and then he's... Oh, they're okay. all very white, but he's also a, a wearing white. Yeah. So he's... Uh, this guy wrestled Terry into a 69... And it just stalled out. That's where we find out you don't get any points for surviving Terry Crews. You have to shove him out a hole too. Yep. Uh, which that I was a valid like that... strategy, which is just get as close as you can to Terry Crews and hope that he doesn't have like the range of motion yeah. to get to you, which is it's a not... great strategy for a really big guy. Just jump on yeah. him like a backpack and they'll be like, ah, ah fucking Grr. curse these giant muscles. I can't, I can't get him. <laughs> uh, and, and nothing he didn't. Okay. So, so they're, in a 69, I mean that like very literally, like their heads are in each other's crotches. Oh, yeah. And the announcer like, like comfortable. Give me does old not double say pump. anything. He, he, yeah. <laughs> that guy made it so sexual when he shoved him out the hole, which was the stated goal of the game. And here's these two guys just going to town on each other romantically. And he has nothing to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just in awe. <laughs> Are we really allowed to show this? Are we Are we still rolling? Should I go? <laughs> then some guy from Sweden comes in next, and he's the crankiest of them all, which is weird because you. I thought Americans were the crankiest, but this this guy might have just been trying to be extra American and playing it up. He just gets deflected off the front of Terry Crews, like just bounced four feet back. Like Terry did not even move. Yeah. Uh, so then he gets held down, stuffed through a hole, runs straight to the camera, screaming. It's like so now we get the show. Uh, nobody, nobody got any points. No one will ever win this fucking tube game. 
I don't know why they even have it. See, uh, there all are two of the games events. in this where I feel like no one ever scored, and this is one of them. Yeah, yeah, they say they say in a couple of games in the in the show they say, and no competitor has ever beaten. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are we still doing it? Why don't you change it? But like a val- it struck me watching this at a very valid strategy is to actually just immediately throw every single competition and hope that you're not the guy that gets like his arm broken. That's right. Because there's going That's to be true. a guy that gets his arm broken and everybody's going to end at zero anyway. And there's no reward for not ending. Nor- Normally I would find that type of gamesmanship to be like ungentlemanly and cowardly, but not on Battledome because this show is just a, it's a psychopathic survival test. It is not yeah. a sport. If you put me in a tube with Terry Crews, my first priority is getting out of the tube full of <laughs> yeah. Terry Crews. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can't win. It. Yeah. It, if it, it was a different sport, if it was NFL, you're like, I'm going to do my best and hope Terry like appreciates my effort. But here you're like, no, I, I, I do not want to get my arm torn off my shoulder. Uh, this yeah, is crazy. Like, like you, you save your body for maybe the one game you figure you have a chance at, which is right, none just, of them, but like, it's I, none of them. No. But there might uh, be that's one. That's not true. Bat- there is battle one wheel. where the battle wheel is, uh, yeah. I guess, the next event. Uh, but before we get to that, they they start with the uh, their WWE stuff. Like this wasn't just gladiators saying, "Hey, I'm going to try to be my best gladiator." Like they all had characters. Mm-hmm. And in comes um, Odell, who is just the most gloriously beautiful man. Uh, I think when we were watching this, Mark, I said that this guy must have just no charm that we don't know who he is. Like for someone to be this beautiful and gigantic and not have a career, yeah. he must just, everyone fucking must take this guy. It's literally uh, impossible that he's not at least like a model for like romance novel covers or something. Yes. He looks like, like a blonde Shazam, like a child's idea of a perfect superhero. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he drives out in a fancy car with triplets. Uh, and uh, there. Oh, fun fact about him, by the way, he was actually an American gladiator. Yes, he was a Titan. Yeah, I think he was. And then I read he was also like he was in the original show briefly, and then he was in the reboot later. Do you want to know a fun fact about him? I do. He was on It's Simple, Darling, the Zsa Zsa Gabor workout video. He was (laughs) one of the two muscle men who helped train her. So he's certainly fucked Zsa Zsa Gabor. Certainly. Absolutely. That woman is very sexually aggressive and yeah, yeah, good to go. So. And that that's a fun just, fact. That about guy's him. just sex meat. <laughs> so uh, then here comes uh, Bobby. I can't remember her last name. If the actress's name is Bobby Brown, and she was a twelve-time winner on Star Search for Best Spokesmodel. Uh, her oh, Bobby main Haven was her name. Bobby Haven was her Bobby character Haven, name. Yes. Yeah. And she comes out in her like sexy business lingerie, and I just I don't even quite understand what she's announcing. It's just sort of like. Here's she's some things that are happening backstage. Yes, I'll have sex with everybody. And, uh, and then the crowd's and then, like, I, we don't know what's happening. None <laughs> of these characters have any history for us. <laughs> that's that's one of the things I thought about, too, when when they would like trot out and like try to create, you know, their sort of like WWE-esque drama is how confusing that must have been yes. for people in attendance who are just like, who's the woman with the microphone talking about the chairman? Who's the chairman? By the way, this is the first time we've heard about the chairman. Right. Uh, legitimately, I, it's confusing to me, and I've seen most of these episodes. I don't know why they're doing it. There's only like three events a night. I, yeah. I don't understand how there's even politics involved. Somebody right. chooses which gladiator goes out. They go out and they they, they throw some volleyballs at a fucking firefighter, and then they, they're done. Like what? <laughs> well, they pitch this as a mashup of American gladiators and pro wrestling, and yeah. then just 
started going. They started filming, and they were like, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know, put some wrestling in their here. Legs. We this got is a about minute. when a lady would come out in a sexy business suit and, and I say guess something, be, right? I guess I'd be hard-pressed to tell you what the difference is, but it is like it feels confusing and off-putting, whereas it feels kind of like vital to, to wrestling. Maybe this is like the weird thing where it's like... Well, the difference is that in wrestling, there's not like half the cast is just some guy that showed up and doesn't know it. <laughs> well, so, so yeah, so like, it's almost like, it's almost like the difference between like, you know, like Catholicism and, and like Scientology maybe. Right. It's like, I guess on some level okay. they're both kind of weird, but like at least one of them has been around for 2000 years. So you're just like, that's how that is. <laughs> I feel like with pro wrestling, there are storylines like these two guys need to fight and they need to have a reason to fight and they need to have like an ending to their feud. And right. so that involves a lot of storytelling that you can't do in the ring. So somebody has to come out and say like, hey, that guy crashed my car this weekend and that's why I hate him. And so that's, I think, what why you see it in wrestling, but they're not doing that same thing here. Here it more feels like space aliens saw wrestling and are trying to recreate it. <laughs> right. And they know this is the part where a human comes out and says things, but not, there's just no point to it. Um, right, because he comes out and talks smack about one of the competitors my competitor's like, oh, I'm going to get you. And then he fights like a, a regional theater manager who has <laughs> right. nothing to do with it. That's true. <laughs> That's true. They can't actually, they can't actually like make the, the beef a reality ever because they never actually compete against each other. Right. They start Odell's storyline okay, and his, his role is to stare silently at Bobby Haven until she leaves and then fight a guy with a ball who has nothing to do with this. Like, <laughs> so... Uh, so Odell is one of the guys in the next event. Uh, it's called Battle Wheel. And it's maybe the most impossible task in all of sports. It's the reverse fire tube of Terry Crews. Yeah. It's a fucking spinning cone. And it's king of the hill. And uh, all you have to do is get the gladiator like to the bottom of the cone. But it's a spinning cone. So it's already kind of high difficulty to just stay on it. And so you grab the gladiator by the foot. You put a little weight on it. And they're gone. Yeah. The, and, and there's two of them on it. And it's, and it's like a... I'm going to say in the first season, like a 35, 40 degree pitch on that thing. Yeah. And there are mats sweet. at the bottom, but you have to be able to climb it so that the, the cone itself yeah. is not padded. It, nope. it looks like just hard plastic. plywood. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So uh, I wrote down, uh, just not to spoil anything, but I wrote down <laughs> immediately on seeing this, somebody's breaking their fucking leg on this. <laughs> <laughs> just looking Prophetic. at it. <laughs> just looking yep. at it as a human being who has legs, I wrote, somebody's going to break their leg doing this. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And you found yourself to be right. It's the fourth episode of the show, probably the third or fourth time they've done this exact event and someone gets their leg fucking turned the wrong way. And this show in the most grotesque, like exploitive way, like shows it in slow motion, lingers on this guy with his foot going the wrong way. Uh, for five Mul minutes. I'm not kidding. They loved it. They had contingency times, plans for this. Multiple times the announcers say, no one should look at this as the camera zooms <laughs> It's horrible to see. Nobody needs to see it. Let's zoom in. Let's get the instant replay. This man uh, just sitting at the bottom of the wheel. I'm waiting for jumping ahead, but this man just sitting at the bottom of the wheel looking just dumbfounded. And it takes you a minute to realize his foot is turned all the way around. Yeah. It takes everybody. He goes. He does like two or three full revolutions sitting at the edge of the wheel, which is still spinning. Just, just looking spinning. at the audience like, somebody help me. A forgotten child on a merry-go-round waiting for a parent. Just, hello. And then, and then Somebody's the adult, it. right? 
And then you see it. And like Sean and I couldn't look at it. Yeah, I like had to look away. I dreaded even getting back to this part in the video for this to watch it for the second time. Yeah. And this will happen to every fourth or fifth guy who ever gets on that thing from now until forever. And uh, Gladiator had the, the same thing happen to them the next episode. They they got their foot turned around. It's that uh, Jake Fury guy who will be in the third uh, epi- yeah. event. Uh, no, not in the hog. Not my yeah. favorite scuzz bag. Not the <laughs> resident scuzz bag. I'm sorry, but he did. He did also break his ankle in almost the exact same way that season. Oh, ever. that's terrible news. He needs yeah. those feet to toe bang skanks. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, you know, I was talking shit about uh, their storytelling earlier, but at this point, um, I reminded how the commander gets beaten backstage. Like they cut to like a uh, a TV clip of him like getting knocked unconscious and someone takes his championship belt. So, like, there is some storytelling going on. Oh, and there is, like, a ranking of the Warriors that never right. made any sense to me either. But, yeah. Right. His championship belt is for being the best of these Warriors, but they don't compete against each other. He didn't take that from anybody. Right. 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 So just be- beating them up and stealing it doesn't seem like a He was the best like guy at of... beating up your dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, your dad that made a mistake for a fun weekend. <laughs> so now i think the next event they did uh is maybe my least favorite i think the dumbest event i should say it's called g-force and it's uh it's just a big iud device and they all hang on the outside of it and it spins around and you have to hang on for a minute and it just kind of spins quickly and here comes jake fury uh who gets on the top of it and throws the volleyballs at you Jake Fury, for listeners at home, uh, all you need to know about him is that this was 2000s and uh, they couldn't get Lorenzo Lamas, which you could get Lorenzo <laughs> Lamas for anything in 2000s, but he wouldn't do this. And they even called him, he rode in on a motorcycle very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> they even called him our renegade warrior. Just, <laughs> Oh my God, I didn't pick up on that. You're right. That's so yeah, 100%. The renegade yes. looks like half Lorenzo Lamas and half the bad guy from Commando, if you remember him. Yeah, uh, I wrote down he looks like a version of Sam Kinison that worked out twice a week. Yes, <laughs> that's very good. Uh, he has a mustache that um, it, it, it's a handlebar it's mustache that goes down his neck, like all the way to his clavicles. And uh, I feel like this was perfectly designed by the world's greatest mustache scientist to like make it look like he doesn't have a neck. Like it, it's the most... <laughs> unflattering it makes him look jowly like yes like he you're like who's this out of shape guy and then i look at him like no this guy's kind of big yeah yeah and i'm like it's that mustache just got neck flaps for some it's, reason <laughs> it somehow makes him look like a thumb it's genius it's it's like a a, a brilliant drawing a, an illusion that he's created with his mustache uh, and he comes out with a woman named angel who uh is just waist way jacked like way stronger than him she should be the gladiator uh and she doesn't say a lot i think maybe she didn't have the broadcast skills but they wanted to include her uh most of the models for this show are are very much like uh i think they said they're from perfect 10 magazine perfect 10 magazine which was like a maxim type of not a pornography but like 
Yeah, like pornography God, for eleven year olds. It is such a complete time capsule of the early two thousands. It is the I year two thousand wrapped in the. They even had Maxim. They just bought a Maxim and threw it in there. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so Jake Fury says, uh, "Hey, Commander, someone took your belt. I got a belt for you." And he pulls out a little pink garter belt, and this is just the. He, such a great joke. They linger on it for, I don't know, 20 minutes? Does he it, wiggle it felt like a lifetime. Does a little it dance felt... with it that kind of undermines. <laughs> it, it, felt like, it felt like it would never end. And then it cut to Commander watching this from the locker room. And the way they've decided to set the stage is they have a giant CRT screen on a folding chair in front of him in the locker room. And he smacks it after he watches it <laughs> and then puts in his signature cigar and storms out of the room. And I thought like, uh, I should take back some of the things I've been saying about their storytelling because that's good. That's good storytelling. <laughs> also, the commander is exactly Dutch from Predator, which I love. Just, yep. You yeah. have a perfect character. Don't change him in any way and put him in your show. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. You, you want a Lorenzo Lamas? You yeah. want a Dutch? Uh, and you know what? I believe, I believe it when you tell me Dutch would hate Lorenzo Lamas. He, he absolutely <laughs> would. They'd be the worst enemies. That's true. And you know, you made fun of him for riding in the motorcycle super slow, but I I was thinking about this. It's got to be really hard to ride a motorcycle very slow like on a sound stage or in like a like a like a like a you know, like a, a theater type setting like that with someone on the back and not like yeah. dump it. You know what I mean? Like there's no probably really cool way to do that. Feathered you... back brake, son. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to a, a motorcycle man. Not a motorcyclist. I I, I don't know, but I, I just, I, I was also embarrassed watching him try to navigate that thing. Back no, he's watching as somebody that has ridden motorcycles for a very long time. This man has not ridden motorcycles for a very long time. <laughs> he's very unsteady. And then they make the very bold decision when the match is over to have the he they didn't plan him parking so he has to back up a motorcycle which is the least cool thing you can do on a motorcycle <laughs> he has to do like a five point turn there was like a memorial so coliseum like how did they not like think like block that out a little bit and they filmed the entire thing they didn't cut back to him peeling away they, they had to just carefully trying to look past the lady on the back of his motorcycle like could you move your thigh a little bit just gonna could you get off and just make sure i'm not gonna run into anything because i'm backing off it's funny oh, you mentioned great. how long it takes because that's in my notes for this event too. How how they strap these guys into this this big thing, and it takes so long, and it's this giant spinning rig they have to set up, and it already looks like old as shit. Like it's only the fourth episode, and there's so much grime and duct tape on this thing. It does and it's look like, like it's about to fall off. Yeah, it was used for something else, and I can't <laughs> imagine what that was from. It was in Eastern Europe, is all I'm gonna say. I, I, I don't think know it's what it's from. wishbone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a part of some sort of monstrosity. I don't know what it did or where it was, but <laughs> and you, you got to figure they they attached like 380 to 190 pound men to the end of each of the arms of it, and. Yeah. According to them, it was spinning it up to 30 miles an hour. What I like best about this this thing, it's just like a, a sideways windmill that they have to hang on to the end of. Well, while they're pelted with what they say are medicine balls, but are clearly dodge just dodgeballs and they do yeah. nothing. like like the warrior has no say in who wins or loses in this thing it's it's he starts pelting one particular guy the swedish guy in the head with the dodgeballs over and over and it affects him not in the slightest they're all playing it up like it's something but every single one bounces off him and you can just hear him sigh like all right (laughs) it's got to be really hard to hit 
a guy moving 30. Like yeah, the fact that he even gets does manage to hit kind him. of good. But he's, he's not like to hit him like 10 times. Yeah, he's not like nailing him with it. He's but just it does uh, nothing. It's, yeah, it's it to no right. effect. Wait, yeah. The only good throw is at the end. He had already let go and was just sort of dangling helplessly <laughs> at the end of this thing because they're all tethered to it, obviously. He throws one last ball and it hits him right in the dick. <laughs> and that was <laughs> it's so it's perfect for the show it's just fuck the fucking assholes like they're always winning yeah. and then taunting the guy they beat like haha you little fucking asshole <laughs> like they will okay. sometimes like mount them aggressively in a way like a, <laughs> like a baboon or a sexual partner would it's weird. yeah there's a lot of a lot of angry thrusting in this show <laughs> even <laughs> in the context of the sporting event it might be criminal assault in many cases yeah yes yeah. i'm certain one of my favorite things before we, we get away from G-Force was that the safety harnesses weren't bolted to like the ceiling or the wall or anything. They bolted it to the arm of, of the G-Force so that if you let go or fell off as one, as one kid did, you just have to dangle at the end of your cable yes. and be spun around. And the way G-Forces work is that the closer in or the farther out, the more intense they are. You're, you're yeah, that would make force. it worse. So right. you... You like get dizzy or black out or something. You are hurled out twice as far away to double the G force and then just spin there. In the <laughs> air. Just spraying the, the local unemployed people with vomit. <laughs> what's the alternative? If you're strapped to the ceiling, the next guy's just going to swing into you and kill you instantly. Yeah, there would be like you would be pulled away. Any competent show would just have you out of that area, and this show's right. just they like figure out a way to like zip you out of there as quickly as possible or something. An alligator pool or something. <laughs> Uh, such a fucking stupid event. It's just like, hang on to this for a minute, you dumb asshole. And they're like, all right. And most of them do. It's just like, yeah. It's, why it's, would you it's, not? It's one of the ones you like cannot lose. There's only two types of types of competitions: the ones you cannot win and the ones you cannot lose. And they're right. not very many. So yeah, that's what I'm no. saying. You you jump out of the Terry Crews too. That's a sucker's game. You You're wait. Right. You wait for a monkey bars. You wait for advanced monkey bars and just. <laughs> So the next guy that comes out to do an event is, is Dutch, the commander. And he comes out with his valet, uh, Karen Ko, who is something. She is in a shiny blue latex halter cat suit that is, I think, more aggressively sexual than if she was completely nude. Yeah, we get uh, some camera you know, angles that are that you're just like, well, yes. I can see the contours of her butthole. So yeah. are we yeah, like film the whole thing through a thigh gap? They're like, OK, Karen, stand here. Yeah, We're going to get this like, shot. That's the angle. <laughs> Are we are we really doing anything by putting that on her? And despite this, I was able to notice that they each have some pretty funny fake tattoos. Like Commander has one that's like Commander like on his shoulder and she has like a a, a snake on her boob cuz I think it helped make her look more Asian. Yeah, and the Commander's <laughs> one's already kind of like rubbed off a little bit even. Yes. It's already kind of coming off. Uh, he knew this show was getting canceled in one season. He's like, I'm not getting Commander permanently on here. <laughs> this isn't a part of my life I want to remember. On American Gladiators. <laughs> uh, so th the next thing they do is called Interceptor. So they're sort of rigged up like skydivers um, or like D Tom Cruise in the first Mission Impossible, that kind of rig. And uh, they're dangling there, uh, held in place vertically so they can zip, zip around like air hockey. And the contestant has to go hit these buttons, and it's commander's job to just go over and unhook him from his fucking rig, <laughs> which, which is seems the easiest thing in the world. Than, <laughs> yes, like, I don't understand how that thing can hold body weight, but just with the merest touch, just give way, <laughs> right. just completely give up at any like 
just let go. What I love about the game the most is, again, where they put the anchor points for their safety harnesses, because they put them both at the same point. They're anchored to the same point in the middle, so all either one has to do is let go, and they will be guaranteed to meet in the middle, as they yeah. often do, every almost every single time. One of the competitors lets go, and then the commander lets go, and they crash into the middle, and then he pulls a little tab, and they fall, and you're like, all right. That's that it. took three seconds. Why are Get we doing that? Over with. Loser, what a fucking idiot. And, okay. Uh, just some guy can undo your seatbelt and you lose. Uh, so the, at this point in the show, there's two guys tied for second, which I think they have zero points. So they make <laughs> yep. them do what might be even dumber than the dumbest event on the show where they they grab hold of these little discs. <laughs> I love this and, and I want to do this someday because I want to find out if it's actually hard. Because I don't think look, it is. It's so fucking easy. It's They're kind of hanging on, but it, it also looks like there's nothing to hang on to. It's like a tiny little ledge on the back of a vertical disc and then they crank them up and smash them into each other. It's, but there's, it's human symbols. You're each a symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're holding onto the symbol. Yeah. And, and so... Again, I don't know what the rules are, but it seems like you could just grab hold of the cables and never fall off. Right. But maybe you're not allowed to. There are no, there's do. one rule enforced in all of these, both of these episodes. I've, you see people's limbs broken off and there is one time a referee steps in to do something about anything. Right. You, you could do whatever you want. I guarantee By you, you way, could climb up to the top of that like a monkey and just We have throw not shit discussed... We have not discussed the referee. Yeah, there are referees. There are referees in all of this. The most superfluous thing. He has the legs of a man who can deadlift 800 pounds. (laughs) Those are the meatiest, beefiest quads and calves I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, he looks like a sarcastic He-Man toy. Yeah, every day is leg day for this guy. It's a mockery of human muscles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he he is. Like I mean, if he, he was a like, He-Man toy. If you pushed down on the top of his head, he would spring up like fifty feet in the air. <laughs> you know, I bet he probably tried out to be a warrior, but they're like, "Buddy, we don't have any events where guys stand in one place and rupture their jeans holding in a fart." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we already canceled the Although, uh, Indi- Indian leg wrestling competition <laughs> part. Is that really any worse? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! This this fucking discs. Uh, let's try to get back to these these stupid discs. So See this. I con- played this game when I was a kid, and it was uh, when you had two rope swings that kind of kind of connected to each other, and you okay. would the first thing anybody would do in that scenario is uh, run into each other. So you both right. get on a rope sense. swing and sense. you run yeah. into each other. Yeah. And you know how I won all the time? I had a foolproof strategy. Uh, I was fat. Kick Jesse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's body it's just bass sound of body it that'll that do makes it sense. that makes sense <laughs> it makes you the best at go-karts and rope jousting this feels like it was it started as a jousting idea and just kept getting softened until it was just like what if we had a couple of giant mentos bumped into each other it's kind of had a little you know, ledge on the back that would be a lot cooler if you were actively <laughs> trying to knock the other guy off with like a big stick or something that I would actually make agree. this kind of neat yeah but then i bet they just realized that, oh, the oh yeah. people will die. Yeah. If it's not uh, against the rules, you could just hold one fist out. <laughs> yeah, that's Turn true. it into Justin. <laughs> yeah, they never explicitly said don't push the other guy when you collide. In 100% of the time, in 100% of the other events, 
It is perfectly legal, nay, a, a valid tactical strategy to punch the other guy in the back of the head. And we see that happen over and over yes, again. You're right. It has to be legal here. You're right. That's what introduced me to the show. You're right. <laughs> there was one, uh, where, where that fence handle one I was talking about, uh, what's, what the hell's that event called again? Uh, anti-gravity where, uh, Lord, the yeah, yeah, yeah. gladiator jumped on his back and he's trying to crank him off. He's pulling on him and the other guy's just grabbing the hold of the fence handle. He's like, I'm fine. So the gladiator started like punching him like in the neck, in the arm, in the fingers. And I'm like, it got to the point where I'm like, this seems so far beyond like a reasonable, like attempt to play this game that. Like that guy's waiting in the parking lot for this gladiator. Like this is yeah, this is crazy. The yeah, violence, like it was, like, was setting rude. Him. Yeah, while he's like he can't do anything except hold on. It's just like this is this is fucked up. Yeah, it's everybody like, everybody leaves hurt from this. Going like if if there's a follow up to this twenty years later, every single interview starts with God. I wish I hadn't done that show. Yeah, yeah I have yeah, regrets absolutely. about it to this day. I've been wanting to, to kick that. this guy's ass for 20 years, but he is 270 pounds and I'm not. <laughs> and uh, then I remembered this is America. So I got a gun. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they're just, all these contestants went home and bought a gun and they're just polishing it. Hoping to fucking run into commander at the grocery store. So, <laughs> Last so they, Boy Scout that shit next time I'm on that show. <laughs> <laughs> so the two guys that have zero points, uh, uh, they break the tie and then they go to the final event, which is just sumo on a big, stupid disc under a big, stupid dome. It's exactly what you'd picture if um, if you heard the words Cyber Sumo 3000 for the Game Boy Color. I will say there was one cool thing about the dome, and it's that for some reason they've collected every warrior around the edge of it as they lower it from out of yeah, the sky. That rules. And then they just stand there and watch these two men wrestle. Yeah, yeah, it's Thunderdome. You madness. gotta have like yeah. you gotta have mooks and peasants and stuff to watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the cranky guy wins because he like shoved the other guy over the edge. Um, he lays down as hard as he can. Yes. He just lays down as hard as he can, and the other guy tries to get him to not lay down, and then that's it. That then nobody nobody goes off. They just. They just end it, and then yeah, because somehow the Red rules, wins for laying down more. The rules were that the point leader just has to stay on the platform, and this took me a minute to figure out, and again, unclear if anyone ever actually explains it, but the point leader just has to stay on the platform. Oh, the okay. second yes. place person so has to confused. get that other person off, and if they both fall off, they have to get back on and do it again. There were two so layers to how confused I was, and one is like, <laughs> why did anybody bother getting points if it's just the top two people go into this thing. Mm -hmm. And then how did you win by laying down harder than the other guy? And I guess yeah. there was a third layer of like, why was that interesting? But that's right. like fully in, a, in a show full of bold, crazy ideas. It was like the limpest way you could possibly. End it was episode. such a limp ending. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did pull a clip from this because Scott Farrell, uh, he's obviously a terrible color commentator. Uh, as you remember when he's talking about T-Money licking his money and and yeah, having his yeah. laundry done but i want to play this clip because he has fantastic play-by-play -play skills so let's listen to this um look at all of this grab it oh now watch you're gonna see a little action here oh look out oh now watch he's gonna rotate oh i don't want to wake up looking like that oh in the name of pain and hamstring pulse oh and then the lower back getting cranked look at his head you have a winner now buddy let's go to the sideline <laughs> reaction here <laughs> 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 
Oh, oh by the way, did we mention oh, downtown Julie reason. Brown is in this? Oh, I right. I just want him to be close to win, and so he'd be happy when he leaves here. I left the interview in because uh, <laughs> it was downtown Julie Brown, like, asking him, how'd you do that? And he's like, oh, the other guy's sucky shit, fuck, can't talk, goodbye. <laughs> they just... <laughs> yeah, he didn't make any sentences. He just word saladed his way to the end of that interview. He started, The only legible thing he said was, that guy wasn't anything. I was easy. And then the rest of it was just, harm, harm, hop, hop. He had that one great talking point about how that other guy was nothing. But, uh, what a picture that guy paints with words. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, what? Hey, hey, what now? And then you're like. And, and while he's doing that, he's like drawing on random parts of the screen like they gave him one of those pins where you can kind of circle things and draw arrows yes. and he's doing that but it's not it's not really revealing anything interesting about the it's action just dicks he's just drawing dicks on everything <laughs> yeah I, hey, I don't think he has any expertise in sumo wrestling whatever whatever they're doing there i love that guy's uh, voice because now that we have time on our side to tell we can actually see what happened to like steve-o and know that you have to do the exact same drugs and the exact same amounts as steve-o to sound like that Right, you do. <laughs> so this guy uh, says a bunch of nonsense while he's out of breath, and then downtown Julie Brown sticks a little class ring halfway onto his finger, and cut. That's it. You did it. Like that's how they end the show. His great victory is making a fool of himself to downtown Julie Brown and walking out of there with eight dollars on his finger. I don't know. Ten. <laughs> yeah, the ring doesn't fit. At all. They yeah, never fits. Not even close. They, they, they uh, size this for like size zero, like women's fingers. <laughs> it's a child's ring. It is absolutely are. something they got for 40 tickets from an arcade. At one point in one of the episodes, Julie, Ju- Julie Brown's only on that show for like three, four episodes. Ooh, like, you ran out of Julie Brown money. They wound up, yeah, they, they, she found better <laughs> things to do or whatever. But the last time that I saw her on there, she just hands the guy the box with the ring still in it. Like, yeah, just yep. like, I'm not thing. even going to try to put this on your finger. It's These not are stacking thing. up backstage. Just take the whole thing. Uh, so we did watch uh, season two, episode 16 as well, because the guy who won it uploaded it to his YouTube channel <laughs> with commercials, with, with commercials, commercials, which was a real blessing. Uh, and I loved it. But I do want to talk about like how they advanced the show and how they got better. So in season two, they offer the winner $100,000, which you talked about. Uh, they replaced Scott uh, with Ed Lover, who is mm-hmm. uh, a rapper you might know, who's kind of like effortlessly cool. And I think he's an especially funny choice because it makes Scott look that much dorky by comparison that this like corpy yeah. nerd trying to sound like Wolfman Jack, like just looks so funny compared to Ed Lover, who's just like, I'm having a really great time. This is crazy. And, and like, he's just kind of saying funny stuff and enjoying it. Uh, so that the, the guy who uploaded this clip is a, he was 19 years old at the time. He was a, a UPS employee from Harbor city. And uh, that he actually won uh, with those credentials. Uh, <laughs> yep. So. Was he the same contestant? Because I, I lost track. But in this in this season, they started actually injecting little like profile clips of each yes. contestant mm. at the beginning of each event. And one of them, the man actually took the camera crew outside of his home, laid a trash can on his side, and made them film him jump his BMX bike over it. <laughs> yeah. To yep. me, it was like Rad. one of the coolest things. Rad as shit. You guys want to see what I can do? <laughs> no, watch, 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 watch. look. 
<laughs> there was a, a package they made for a guy named Derek, who was a personal trainer from Kentucky. And in the middle of the package, the announcer says, in 1994, Derek's best friend was shot and killed by an unseen gunman. <laughs> Which is like... <laughs> not resolved in any deep. meaningful way. It's His just grief did an, not make him a better athlete. A, it didn't matter to his life, like, at all in terms of the game. Yes. It was, like, the weirdest profile ever. Right, it wasn't was, his whole, like, if you would introduce that as his whole profile, I don't think I would have laughed, but that you, he'd start, like, watching him work out and smile at the camera and then stop. He was killed mysteriously, and then, <laughs> then go again. You're like, wait, what? What? Uh, Hold on, go back. It's so weird. Uh, they added some line. new uh, warriors who I loved. Uh, there's a guy named Baby Blue who comes out for the first event, uh, whose whose theme is like, what if Blade was a sexy waiter and okay. loved Blue? So I and the coolest I dude down, in the dome, scored by sax Baby Blue, just glides to the dome. I wrote down. Down. And in reading this, I don't know if it even makes any sense to anyone, but I, I feel like it rings true to me. I wrote down that he walks out to the kind of blues music they might play in a restaurant that specializes in fish and chips. <laughs> That's very accurate. Yes. Like he just, he carries a lot of uh, backstory with him. Like you see baby blue and you're like, I don't quite get the theme, but like this guy has a rich personal life that I'd yeah. love to hear about. I bet his, his best friend was shot and killed by an unseen. Gun. <laughs> <laughs> and he's really secretly, he's in this to try to solve the crime because he's certain one of the other uh, warriors uh, was the gunman. Uh, or I also love, he's going to find out it's his friend. I love the oh, package. Shit. <laughs> this oh, what shit. If? What if? Uh, the package that they show of Davis, uh, the guy who uploaded this, he's doing martial arts with his dad. And it seems like it's the first time they've ever done this. Like they're like, okay. And then I put my hand here and then you kind of twirl. And it's like really cute and embarrassing in a sincere way. And I kind of love it. And yeah. I think it helps a lot to see this person as a real uh, actual person rather than just a screaming psychopath like everyone was in the first season. Yeah, yeah. Although he does portray himself as a screaming psychopath. Yeah, but like you show. can kind of tell what what the act is now. Like, yes. like you see him yeah. in his personal life. You're like, okay, this is like a thing he's doing because they coached him. Yeah, see, now um, you start to, the, now there are stakes because you'll feel bad when every single one of these men is mauled hideously. <laughs> For absolutely no reason. Yes. Yeah. yeah. His father's martial arts training was useless. Uh, they added a lot more babes in season two. Like they're just kind of everywhere. Like whenever Every a guy's doing an interview. gets one. Yeah. They have like their own babe coaches. It's just some yeah. lady in a bra hanging around, kind of like shaking her hair extensions while he talks. Like, yeah, listen to this guy. He's, he's, he's really going to try engaged best. though. Like they're always watching, sometimes apologizing when they're. Oh, yeah. they're earning their 400 like they're, bucks. They're, they're, like was, there. they're present in a way that was surprising to me. There was one that was scorned and spiteful when the guy like just refused to do anything. She was like, oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> he like <laughs> he like ran around the outside of the event for the entire 60 seconds. And she looked yeah. extremely disappointed in him. Yep. The crowd fucking booed him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, that um, what was that game? The Battlefield? That was and maybe a, uh, the um, yeah battlefield one, and so yeah. that's which was they, they had a little bucket on the top of a pyramid, and both of the contestant and the warrior wear boxing gloves, and the contestant has to pick up a ball and put it in the bucket, and obviously with the boxing gloves it means the warrior can just fucking punch him, and as so this guy wants did not want to get punched, wants. so he ran in a circle, 
<laughs> Which is fine. I, that's that's Brockway's tactic for the start of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad tactic. I'm telling you. you know, just don't engage and be the guy that's destroyed because what the, what this is is like you have they they wage it they they stage it like you have to get to the center of this mountain, throw the ball through the hoop, get a point. But the other guy's goal, his sole goal, is to box you into unconsciousness. So what this is is you play basketball. Only everybody else on the court punches you in the face. Right. Like that's, you're not playing the same game. And that dude, Kuda, is, I think, the biggest of all the Warriors. Yeah, he's six foot seven. Uh, it's my new favorite thing to watch is people going up for a basketball shot and then right as they're about to release they get punched square in the face (laughs) (laughs) he looks like he knocks a couple people out like momentarily like people go down and they lay there a little longer than you want them to like you go up for an alley-oop hands up in the air in the arc and you get punched in the face (laughs) yeah i'd watch that i did watch it i I did watch it that's exactly what happened uh the first guy that was trying to run around, he didn't quite run out the whole clock. And at the tail end of it, the gladiator just walked up and rabbit punched him in the back of the head into the <laughs> fucking ground. Much like the other one you saw, Mark, where right. it's just, that, I, that must happen all the time. Yeah, must. Uh, but he did it with such a like casual impatience. Like he's like, this is what you get for running around. Like I could have been doing this the whole time. Fuck you. Boom. Just You're getting at least one. Nobody leaves without yeah. a head punch. That's my that's the Cuda guarantee. <laughs> and Cuda, we should mention, has like some real like weird make like problematic makeup. Like they 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 tried to make him look like a Jamaican like zombie man. I guess he was yeah. every Jamaican in movies until I want to say two thousand seven. Is yeah. when we stopped yeah. doing that. Yeah. I, wrote, I wrote down uh, the Predator Two voodoo magic Predator costume. Two. <laughs> yes, the right. Walgreens voodoo magic costume. <laughs> <laughs> uh baby blue gets his nose busted open because i think he's wearing his sunglasses and they got knocked under the bridge of his nose and so he turns to camera and he calls out the wcw guys backstage because they were backstage and he's like hey guys look at this because this is the real thing not like the shit you do and so this is a weird moment of kayfabe breaking because what they're doing is fake like sure they kind of have these sporting events where they fight these UPS employees, but uh, that guy's not really a military commander and Kuda's not really a, a savage Haitian from the swamp. Like, like right. this is all fake. This is all theater. And so here he is like accusing this other thing of being fake. And I'm like, I don't understand what your fiction is anymore. This right. is fucking stupid. Uh, and then they cut to the backstage and it's Diamond Dallas Page and Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell. And, and so here they are in the second season. They're like, let's cross promote with WCW and this will be awesome. They Which, only did it for a month, and it is not awesome. It is not awesome, but man, on paper, that makes a lot of sense. You can yeah. see why they pursued that angle. For sure. I would, if someone brought this up in a meeting, I'd say, cool, let's ask WCW if they're into it. We're fucking doing it, for sure. But they do this event, the Battlefield event, with Rick Steiner versus Terry Crews. And Rick Steiner demonstrates how, um, it, when it's a fair fight, this these it, the game's changed drastically because he just muscles right past him and puts the ball in the fucking hoop. Well, he drops it, but like he demonstrates like, Hey, if you're fighting another 300 pound muscle man, uh, they can just play this game. Like it's a real game. You fucking bully. And <laughs> then they, then it breaks into a hockey fight, but not a real one. It's a fake fight. The thing they were just complaining, Hey, you WCW guys are fake. And then they have the fakest fight I've ever seen. Just like, yeah. cause they're trying to make it look like they're throwing real bare knuckle punches at each other which is a very specialized skill. Uh, it 
anyway, it, it just looks like fucking stupid. It, it uh, filled up like five to ten minutes of the show in a way that felt like I would have rather you just run more commercials. To right. Be <laughs> probably to be more entertaining. And then they start talking to the people from the brawl and they're like, oh, well, tune in next week for the rest of that brawl. And so it's just like, like they even we break the fiction break of their in, fiction. Our, in our brawl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, okay, guys, this sucks. I really don't want to go see this fight roll into another show, but whatever. Uh, they also do aerial kickboxing in this episode, which I think is probably um, the most unfair of the games because yes. there's this guy named uh uh, what's his name? Bubba? Bubba King. Bubba King. Bubba King. Bubba King. Uh, he's this their, is one of the first events boy. where they say, and nobody has ever beat him. <laughs> yes. I think that stays true forever. Yeah. Like, Watching why? this guy move, I would say he's probably the best athlete of the gladiators. Like this guy yeah. seems like like a legit world-class athlete in many sports. And so for the aerial kickboxing, you basically hang on the bottom of a rig and then you kick the other guy off. And I, I think you're not allowed to kick him in the head. But um, really, you're what they do a lot. <laughs> yeah, this seems like the skill cap for this is very, very high. So, I mean, this is like doing pull ups while someone kicks you. So, uh, you guys, you need you to... guys didn't do this on the playground. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You didn't have you didn't have monkey, monkey bar, bar chicken. There was definitely like a monkey bar, but I okay. This I don't know that we ever like hooked our legs around each other, kicked each other in the face and arms. And oh, we did exactly this. Okay, okay. You'd well, like, that's, that's like you're way out, like three yeah. bars out, and then try to swing forward and drop kick them off or grab them with your legs, and everybody lined up. And I might have just gone to some <laughs> you had a schools. brutal childhood. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm saying it out loud, and I'm like, yeah. I, listen, I went to bad schools. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I went to the ba- kind of like bad school contested. that was that was just battle though. <laughs> <laughs> this was now like actually like these were training it? centers. You know, lining it up. Uh, yeah, it's just Battle Dome. Yeah, I was on you Battle were, Dome. You were, I forgot about it. You were literally. Yeah, you were. You, this was like actually just like a like a psyop thing. And the you government know what? was training you for the show. My best friend was killed by an unseen gunman when I was a child. It's amazing. Oh, amazing. So this is like where you got your sixth and seventh grade education. Was the Battle Dome? Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I was not algebra class. I was not Robert Rockway. Ooh, look at that. And X and Y together. Fucking Micah Giovanni was Bubba King. That bastard. That bastard. It feels like the contestant here thought they'd be like leg wrestling while they're doing pull-ups. And mm-hmm. the gladiator's like, haha, I actually know I'm going to kick you in the face. So they're just getting their fingers stomped and their face stomped. Just and they always like fall off. Brutalized. And he has so much upper body strength that it's like he really does just kind of do two-thirds of a pull-up and somehow yeah. like project his entire lower body just directly parallel into their face and chest and arms in a way that like no human yeah. being could survive. It's the the fingers that got me. They're fucking totally unprotected fingers that he just stomps into metal until they are all <laughs> putty and mush and then they fall. And then frequently they hit the ground and before they've even had a chance to roll over, he is like mounted them and is like yeah. riding them yeah, like one might ride a dolphin. And then he's like holding their face and screaming at them in a way that like kind of made me angry. And I wasn't involved in any of it. (laughs) So yes, that's Bubba King. Uh, He's the, it's Bubba's dome and he is just fully methed out. You're in the Bubba dome. They show this guy named Tim and they show his package and he's like, he's like real soft spoken. He's like, I learned how to not be in a gang from my grandma and grandpa. And 
I think I'm going to win Battle Dome by matching the intensity of, of every warrior I face. Like, he's just sleepwalking through this fucking package. And Bubba King is just like, whoa, it's my fucking house. And so I, what I'm saying is he does not match the intensity of Bubba King. <laughs> no. And <laughs> no, he, he failed he at his one mission. Kicked in the wrist while he's trying to figure out this game and how it works. It, it does not work out for him. Did you mention that the whole rig is also like undulating? For some yeah, reason, I, I haven't mentioned it, but you're right. It, it's it's tilting back and forth. And in a very subtle way, I think this gives a huge advantage to the gladiator because by the time they reach the center, it's tilted in the gladiator's favor. So it's it's it like is. Yeah. so Usually stacked was. against the contestants. Yeah, he was kind of always pointing downhill by the time they met in the middle, wasn't he? Right. He did. And he also oh. has been on this thing so much that he, he kind doesn't of fucks around. Like he'll like hook his legs and hang on it. Like he just clearly has spent a ton of time training here. This is a second home for him. These monkey bars. <laughs> <laughs> they did not design this event. They just found him dominating a playground and were like, "Did we actually have a job for you, you local maniac?" Uh, so that's uh, that's Battle Dome, I guess. Um, they do get to the end, and our our hero wins uh, again. It's sumo, but in the second season, they added a kickboxing element. But they're Untrained kickboxers fully padded. They have helmets, shoulder pads, shin pads. So when they go up and strike, they have no effect on each other. It just <laughs> looks like it looks like children having a pillow fight, and uh, they both fall off and they have to start again, which is, I think, psychologically devastating and also physically grueling. So one minute into this, they have no energy, and our hero wins with like the world's most telegraphed ipon seonage, which. Uh, is just like a one-handed shoulder throw. Uh, you actually counter this by grabbing uh, your opponent's dick, uh, which is weird. He didn't naturally do that on a, a show so very sexualized. So that's <laughs> that's how he wins. He just heaves him over with the first judo throw you learn. Uh, and our, our UPS boy is the champion. Did, did we? I think we forgot to mention that he th- he was talking a bunch of shit after the first event, and then he he threw up. Yeah, we did. He, he, he talked he a bunch like, of shit, he was like, had to pause the shit talking and ran off to the side and threw up. And of course they were, they have their vomit contingency ready. So they were there to zoom in on it. Yeah. They were like right behind him, just filming it. They knew exactly uh, what was going to happen. The, and then the he went right back. looked barely surprised. He looked barely surprised. Uh, and I only, I only bring that up because I just, I remembered the interviewer helpfully reminds him about that at the end of the show after he wins. I, I think he said, puking it out then duking it out yeah that's all you puke it out and you duke it out you you've done it all here tonight you threw up earlier then you were duking it out you duked it out and you puked it out <laughs> and then he and then he yells i'm talking big dumpsters which i didn't understand <laughs> that's what, that what meant. i'm saying brian the interviewer says hey you can talk trash you're the champ tonight and he says yeah boy i'm gonna talk dumpsters big dumpsters what <laughs> big dumpsters. like he's so we don't we don't literally talk trash you don't you know <laughs> Don't put hazardous goods in with me, fool. You got to bring them to a special part of the dump. What? I'm here to stretch metaphors and invent new idioms. And then he turns to, for some reason, like high five the interviewer and realize he's already walked away. <laughs> and so then he has to like make it like a, like a point, like, like, ah, number one with his hand. Uh, and it's the most embarrassing thing I think I've ever seen on television. God, I love moments like that. You gotta, we should gif that. I, I feel like it's important to see like in its entirety because it really like that was the that was the one thing where I was like, I don't feel like I can properly express how embarrassing this moment in television history is. We also I only forgot have one more about thing in my notes. Oh, you, you're going to do it. 
what? Uh, I don't. I don't think we're doing any of the same thing. There's no way we're not doing the same thing. Let's go at the same time. Ready? Okay. On, on three. One, okay. two, three. The Nintendo Crunch of the Night. What? <laughs> no, that wasn't what I had. It's just somebody got fucking body slammed on the wheel and Nintendo sponsored it. And I just love that. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I, I uh, had more notes on Bobby Brown. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> She was in the uh, Once Bitten, Twice Shy video and a Vanilla Ice movie. Uh, so she was uh, about as early 90s as a hot girl could be. And then I have in my notes, she played a character named Randy the Birthday Cake Girl on a show called Mike Hammer Private Eye. And I just that makes me so happy. <laughs> just that, that chain of words is so fantastic. She was in a Barbarian Brothers movie. Oh, wow. which one? Uh, Double Trouble. She was Peter's girlfriend. Oh, hell yeah. One. So... Part of artistic history. She had her cleavage in everything. <laughs> uh, I watched all the way to the end, and the very last ad was for Telepersonals, which uh, I yeah, loved. That's pretty beautiful. And they had I... uh, they had a, a very Chandler-looking man who whose window was rapidly closing at that point in time, <laughs> <laughs> and he said. I, I used it to meet a girl who likes cartoons. And the girl he's talking to says, I don't need to use that. I don't need to meet more losers. <laughs> he answers back, hey, telepersonal is not for losers. It's for people like me. And it's just the whole thing is such a drag. I loved it. It's for super cool dudes. That love Sailor Moon. That love cartoons and want to meet girls who like cartoons. Anyway, my Chandler thing's over, and uh, right now, right now, it's no longer charming. It happened while I was talking to you. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to join a men's rights forum. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! It's a podcast canal! And with Maximilian Schau! Doc Frankfurt podcast? Correct! August was Dolomite Month on the Hot Dog Discord, so we thought it'd be fun to let Dolomite write one of these. Mules have kicked them, didn't bruise their hide. Rattlesnakes bit them, they just crawled off and died. They handcuffed lightning, split the raging sea. These here are the motherfucking Hot Dog Supremes. Three Finger Louie. Aaron Crossan is a bad motor scooter. Adrian H. Aiden Moat. Alpha Scientist Java, you rat soup eating motherfucker. Unandy, Andreas Larson, Armando Nava, Benjamin Sironen, Bim Talzer. Brandon Garlock thinks you need to move over and let him pass before they be pulling these hush puppies out your ass. Brian Saylor. If Brianne Whitney ever sees a ghost, she'll cut the motherfucker. Brockway loves the meat millie. Aw, hell yeah, he does. Cyril. Rev. Chance McDermott don't wear no fucking cotton drawers. Chris Brower, Curious Glare, Dan B is so bad he kicks his own ass twice a day, Dean Costello, Dr. Awkward, Eric Spaulding knows why I'm not doing the voice, 
Fancy Shark, Jellaho, Greg Cunningham is his name, and fucking up motherfuckers is his game. Hambo, Haraka, Hot Fart, Jaberal Aiden is a lowdown. Oh, I can't say this one. Jacob Thornburg is a snake eating yellow. No, I can't do that one either. James Boyd saw a white woman. Nope. Uh, Jeff Raski is so black. No. Uh, Jeremy Neal once dated a pastor's daughter and he's. Oh, God. Uh, my man John Dean's wife is so. Not doing that one. John Hector McFarlane met this deaf girl one time and holy shit, Dolomite. No. John McCammon thinks you're such a mama's boy, you'd... Nope, skipping that one. If John Minkoff was in Mississippi, no. Josh Fabian is a motherfucking... Nope, can't see any of those words. Here, Josh S. hopes you ain't as cold as the Windy City, because the way he feels now, baby, he sure could warm you up. Oh, that's a nice one. Thanks for getting this out of that, Josh. Ken Paisley. K&M. M. Jahi Chappelle just wants to see a honky dance. Matt Riley. Max Baroy will get behind you in front of you too. Michael Lair, Michael Wells, Mickey Lohman, Mike Stiles. Moju once walked from New York City to the deep, deep south just to slap a son of a bitch straight in the mouth. ND, Neil Bailey, Neil Schaefer. Nick Ralston wants you to listen and listen well. He's that bad motherfucker drove the devil out of hell. Nick H, Ozzy Olin, Patrick Herbst, Rain Vargas, Rhiannon's been known to rise up, but we'll cool down later. Sarkovsky, Spotty Reception, Ted H. Timmy Leahy is a no-business, born-insecure, jock-jawed motherfucker. Toasty God, Tom Sakula thinks you bad and you ain't got no class. He's gonna rock this shotgun up your motherfucking ass. Tommy G, Waylon Russell, Yasarian wants you out of here in 24 hours and baby, 23 of them are already gone. And Donald Finney don't want no dilapidated, seep-sapping, pigeon-toted, cross-eyed, bow-legged, son-of-a-guns a-messin' with him.